The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I want to start off today by saying that today is International Happiness Day. So, happy Happiness Day to everyone who's listening. I'm delighted to have you with us today. Please, please, today visit the Self-Improvement blog so you can see our guest picture, read her bio, and the story about her that was in the Huffington Post. You're going to come to appreciate her anyway, but... When you read the story, you'll appreciate her even more. Back in the 1990s, I had an office in Scottsdale in a professional center that housed a number of medical practices, lawyers, and what have you. Across from my office was a busy OBGYN practice, and working there was this lovely woman with gorgeous red hair. She used to come in and talk to me, and I learned a little bit about her very busy life as a mother, as a manager of such a busy medical practice, and and she was busy. She worked hard there, And, and she told me about her great desire to sing, that she wanted to sing. Well, you know how it is when people tell you they can sing. You've all seen some of those auditions, um, like for American Idol, and, and, and some of them, let's just say they're not really good. And so I never have too many expectations, but she sang for me one day, and it absolutely blew me away. Time passed. I retired, <clears throat> closed my office, and we lost touch. Not so long ago, I got this lovely note on LinkedIn asking, remember me? And of course I did. You can't forget Serenity Stewart. Her name wasn't Serenity back in the day, but it suits her far better than anything else could or would. Serenity Stewart is now known as a top jazz singer, a seasoned entertainer described as sultry, a little body, and very talented. She came from a musical family. Her mom was an opera singer and her dad a pianist, and she grew up herself with an enormous talent of her own. But instead of pursuing music, the love bug bit, she got married and later divorced and was intent on supporting her four children 
She became what most people would consider very successful as a manager of a busy medical office. But her dream was to sing. I'm going to let her tell you the remarkable events that propelled her into her musical career. But she has now two albums, P.S. I Love You and her just-released Champagne Taste. It is such an honor to welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Serenity Stewart. Serenity, welcome. Thank you. That was a wonderful intro. <laughs> oh, thank you. You can take me to a gig sometime and I'll introduce you. I would love to. I think we should open with the uh, serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things that I can. You know what? That's a good idea. Before we get into it, and I have this as a question, what had you change your name to Serenity? What had you choose that name? Was it that prayer? Serenity is a middle name. And so oh, okay. in light of taking a name that kind of felt like who I was when I wanted to do music and walk out onto stage and try to um, bring people into my music and my lyrics and my world that storytelling through music, it felt like Serenity was a better match than my first name, which is Claudia. Claudia is how I remembered you, but Serenity is who you are. That It yes. just feels right. <laughs> Tell us about yourself. Who is, let's say, the whole thing, Claudia Serenity Stewart? Claudia Serenity Stewart is a singer, a songwriter. I tell stories basically through song. I'm a mother of four children. I'm a step-parent to four other children. I have seven grandchildren. I am, um, (laughs) yes, I know, right? (laughs) Currently uh, writing for film and commercial work, and, and I believe that writing is another fabulous facet of being in the music industry because it's very cathartic for me. When I first began performing, I was singing other people's stories and experiences, and one day I sat and said, you know, I'm going to write about some of my experiences and some of my stories, and I always sort of journaled, and I found that as a child, I had been um, a winner of every poetry reading contest, and I really enjoyed that, and I thought, let me just sit and write some of these things down, and eventually, I took them and I said, what does this feel like musically? And I created a musical score for those things. And so my third CD will be original music that are sort of pieces of the Serenity story. And it was very cathartic for me. And I'm really very much enjoying that aspect of the music industry. I love your new album. It'll be wonderful to get one with your, your very own music on it. Nice. Oh, I'm glad you're looking forward to it. I know I always look forward to my own music. <laughs> you should. You should. You're so good. What oh, was it like you. growing up in a musical family? Because your parents were both, as I understand it, quite talented. And they must have ha- you must have had a lot of music in the house. We had a lot of music in the house. My father was Irish and Scotch. And you know all Irishmen sing, right? Wow. <laughs> yes. And my mother being a a vocalist, too, when she was in college, she wanted to sing opera. She didn't have the operatic voice, but she she sort of lived vicariously through me, who nobody knew I had a voice until I was in church, and we were singing one day, and it was a hymn that I particularly loved, and I opened my mouth to sing, and the whole congregation stopped. 
I thought it was going to melt into myself, and I couldn't figure out if I'd done something wrong. And then later, my mother said, no, 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 they liked it, they liked it. And the choir master came over and said, oh, we want you to sing in the choir. And so there began some of my singing experiences. And from there, of course, I trained privately and whatnot. But being from a very large family of six children in um, an Irish Protestant family, we gathered around the big grand piano and had sing-off, sort of, where everybody just sang. I mean... My parents played, they both played, actually, and my father sang at the top of his lungs like a good Irishman, and we all just kind of jumped in, and we had great times. This was entertaining back in the 50s. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you hit teen, your teen years, and that's when you really start thinking about what you want to do. Yeah. When uh, your dreams are big, then were you at that point thinking about a musical career, or had it occurred to you yet that that might be for you? I was fighting that still in my teen years because what everyone wanted from me was opera. Well, I couldn't open my mouth and get through a couple of measures without laughing. I mean, <laughs> I respected. <laughs> I respected as an art form. I respected uh, musically, uh, technically. I just. I can't do it. I just don't find it in my heart to sing those songs. So I, people were pushing, 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 because when I was 14, I was asked to sing with the Detroit Metropolitan Opera, and I, I said, no, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. And they just kept pushing, and so because they were pushing so hard, I pulled the other way, and it wasn't a part of my vision at that point in my teen years. So when did you start having the dream to be an entertainer, to be on the stage to sing? If it wasn't I realized a, how, a teen. It wasn't in my teens. It was after I had my four children and after I had been an administrator for several uh, busy medical practices. And I came close to um, having my, my life shortened. <laughs> and I want to talk about that uh, you know, a little later. You know, I think you, you, it was always a common thread. I'm going to tell you, when I lived the minivan dream with my four children, I did two shows, two shows a day, one on the way to work and one on the way back to home. Oh, I love that. I love that idea. You did two full, two full shows. You, two full what shows did your kids say when you're growing up? Did they say, oh, mom, you know, don't let oh. anybody hear you? Or were they proud of you? Did they support you? You know, how, no, how teenage, was that with my, your kids? My older children said, please stop. Don't let anybody yes. roll up the windows. God, she's singing. And my little guy, who sang beautifully, my little boy um, had a voice that was like um, incredible, like Phoenix Boys Choir. And he sang with me, Celine Dion, and all my favorite choice songs. And one day he stopped in the middle of the song. I said, what's going on? Oh, Mommy, I sing like a girl. <laughs> No, darling, you don't. I'm going to show you the boys in the choir who sing like you because your voice is young, and when you grow up, your voice will change. So we went through this whole process of showing him, you don't sing like a girl, honey. You sing like all boys who are young who have a great voice, and you should be singing. 
So this was just a funny little happenstance, but for the most part, the older children were like, please tell me she's not going to sing when we get in the car. <laughs> now, what I remember from you back in, when we were across you know, the hall from each other, well, not, there wasn't really a hall, it was an outside walkway, but, you know, it was the angst that you felt. I mean, you could, you could feel it when you started talking about music and how, it, it almost felt like you were a, a prisoner in your own life. Is that oh, is I, that how you were feeling then? Yes. Oh, yes. I was a prisoner in my life. And you know, when God calls, he keeps calling. He dials you every day until you answer the phone. It's, it's, you will always ultimately, I believe personally, end up doing what you were supposed to be doing. It may be delayed but the call will still come and you will still answer it. And that is probably what I was feeling in those days because it was so terrifically busy and so crazy. I had so many children as a single parent and tried so hard just to show up at work every day and do what I had to do to earn that paycheck, but it certainly wasn't my love at that time. No, it certainly wasn't. And we're going to talk about exactly what happened that changed her life in just a moment. We're going to go to break now, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who have turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at one 888 
888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. Today we're talking with Serenity Stewart, who is a jazz singer and um, mother of four and has all kinds of interesting things. When we came to break, we were talking about how she was heading up a, a busy medical practice as manager, taking care of four children and having this incredible desire to sing. Something happened. Tell us how old your children were when all of this event took place, and then we'll talk more about it. Goodness, that was um, in 2005, and I believe that my youngest then was probably 15. Okay. My oldest was probably in, well, she was in college. She so you still college. had she, a couple at home. Oh, goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it seems like they're there forever. You're like, oh, gosh, don't you have a life? But, you know, you love your children. Um, and this, this was a very unexpected event. And tell I, us what I, happened. You know, I was just waking up spontaneously and, and like, finding that I thought my nose was, like, running, but it's blood, and I thought, well, that's really odd, but okay. You know, sinus activity, dryness, and it became very strange where I would stand up in the middle of the night, and it would just, blood would shoot out of my face like it was a faucet, and I thought, this is so bizarre. This is not right. This is this is something very strange. And, and you didn't go I to the doctor? doctor. Well, I need a doctor, but you know, I was never a person who had a regular doctor because I never needed one, and I worked for doctors. And when I went into, they asked me, because I looked fairly pale and drained day, I wasn't sleeping through the night, I was bleeding, and you know, I would go in anyway, and they said, well, how is this going? Like, how is it happening? And I said, you know, I was thinking about it all night. I think I'm bleeding from my brain, but I'm not exactly sure how. And they looked at me with their mouths open for a minute. And then they went, oh, ha, 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 because she's always joking. And I went in and closed my office door, and I thought, I'm not really joking this time, so I better find a doctor. So I started calling around to physicians that I knew so I didn't have to get on a waiting list as a new patient. And Absolutely. I went, right? And I went it's the only to, way to uh, go. <laughs> yeah, you gotta pull your you got to pull your strings sometimes. Yeah. And so I went to a, a, a doctor who I knew, and he said, well, I want you to promise me this. You have a posterior bleed, which is from your brain, and you need to go to the emergency room. If the minute you know it's starting or it's going to happen again, get immediately to Good Sam. So I went to another doctor who said, well, let's take a look, did a scope, and he didn't really say the same thing. But then two days past weekend, I'm shopping, I'm not feeling well. I bend over, it starts. I says, oh, gosh, i got to go now. So I called my sister, said, come and get me. By the time she got me, 18 minutes later, I had soaked two bath towels with blood. So we went to, she wanted to go to the nearest hospital. I said, no, 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 I'm instructed. Go downtown because they have equipment and they can save you there. So we had a time of it uh, in the emergency room trying to get uh, through to the doctor what was happening. And eventually the second doctor that I had seen I did not know. I was a specialist and had neck surgery, and at 10 p.m., 
(laughs) They got this man. Yes. I have pretty much bled out by now. And um, I have to tell you, the funniest part of all of this is I'm single, been single. And I'm on the slab. They put me under the big light, and I'm thinking to myself, this isn't exactly the spotlight I was looking for. Oh, oh, but you were in the spotlight. I sure was. And then I heard the water run, and I looked over, and I saw this beautiful doctor in a scrub scrubbing up, and I thought, well, I'm certainly not dead yet, or if I am, heaven, here I come. Cause it's oh, a very it is, nice if this visual. is heaven, I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very nice visual, and I thought to myself, the last thing I thought was, well, you still have your twisted sense of humor, girlfriend. And boom, I don't remember anything. I woke up, and they said, well... You know, you bled out, you had a brain aneurysm. It was an artery from the midbrain that broke free, could have at one time, you know, been attached to the septum. We just aren't sure, but it was really bleeding very bad, and so we're just going to kind of let you, we didn't do a transfusion, we'll just let you build your blood back up on your own. I was like, great, because I feel like, uh, like... Like a speck of dust right now. I have no. <laughs> what did they feel... do to stop it? You know, did did they, they have they to do went surgery? up through the nose and cauterized it? Wow! And then I had to lay flat for a week to allow the blood to reroute. And I had to take a lot of iron and uh, drink a lot of fluid and just basically lay still. Well, you know me. I lay yeah, still you didn't do it, did you? Until <laughs> about you Thursday. And then I hobbled around out about town and thought, well, I have a couple more days before I have to go back to work. I'm so busy, and I'm that person. Like, I was counting days on my wall in chalk. Like, how many days do I have left to lay down? One, two. (laughs) I could not do it, but I did did the best I could. And, um, you know, I slowly got back to work. But I have to be honest that when I really took stock of what I was and who I was, and what my life was all about at that point, I thought, really? And it could be shortened at any moment. I don't think I've completely finished what I'm here to do. And so I actually took a year off, though. And I went deep sea fishing. I went to Mexico. I went to California. I just took a whole year to myself, which was a huge concept for me. And I can't then- even imagine that you did it. You well, know, knowing you, it's it's almost out of character. But what a what a smart thing to do at well, that you, point. You know, when you're yeah, when you're when you're, when you're down that far, you figure, hmm, if I'm going to pop back up, I better take a moment to myself. So, so when and how did you make the decision to pursue your your music and and well, well, develop funny, a career? Funny, what happened is that I came back. I took back my home. I had rented it out for the year. I took it back. A friend of mine came by and said, you know, I heard you sing once or twice, and you really, you really should think about that. I said, well, I don't have any good toys or anything. So he's like, oh, really? <laughs> comes, goes away, comes back with um, like a singing machine with microphones. Which a I karaoke machine? Absolutely. I said, I always wanted one of these fabulous things. So Christmas is coming. So I start practicing here and there, you know, start singing a few hymns because I hadn't sung for a while except in the vehicle to the radio. And then I had a couple of lovely ladies next door, Phyllis and um, Rosie, former nuns, teachers, uh, educators as well. 
And they said, well, we heard you singing while we were outside in the back. So, you know, we'd like to come over some night. I said, well, you know, it's almost holidays. So why don't we get together? We'll, we'll, we'll have a little bite to eat. We'll have a glass of wine and we'll sing some carols. So we did that. And everyone was just, you know, elated that I was singing and they all thought it was so great. You know, it just kind of went from that itty-bitty step, truthfully, into what it is today. Now, um, now back dental- when I had an office across from you, you were taking some voice lessons. You were seeing a voice coach. Had you started that again, or had you continued that? No, this- I had not. I had not continued that. <laughs> I had just, I began to work with, I think, what I was trained uh, with, as a teenager, and I thought, well, let's all see if it comes back to me. Because if you read music, you figure it'll always be there, like reading English or or Spanish or whatever. And eventually, just through looking at music pieces and listening to music pieces, I started to get, I started to feel it. It started to come back. And then I met uh, a lovely gentleman who is now my husband who said, what, you sing, really? And I sang for him, and he cried, and I thought, oh, yeah. God, I've done something wrong. <laughs> now, <laughs> you, you, are, you are known for jazz, and you, you picked an era that I find extremely interesting. How did you oh. come, what, what's your genre, really, and, and why did you pick what you picked? Because we're going to hear no. it in a minute. Okay, I just resonate so much with that era of the 1940s when it was all for one and one for all, when everybody collected as a community and, and, and worked toward the common goal, which we don't see anymore. There's barely no. community. See, that's my um, music, and, and that's one of the reasons I love what you do because it's all music that I grew up with. And it's all lyrics that are still pertinent today. The message in those songs is still pertinent today because we're all still the same emotional human beings, have those same feelings of love, loss, uh, separation. Everything that's in that music is still very valid today in terms of our feeling and emotion. And so I love the fact, too, that the last great melodies were really in, in the 40s. And, and they were, and we're going to hear one just in, in just a minute. The one we're going to play is called "I Must Have That Man." Tell us just a little bit about it, and then we'll we'll play it and go to break with it. This is a fabulous classic old Billy Holiday tune, which has been picked up and done. Not only you're very Billy Holidayish too, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I love Billy. Billy's work was great, and uh, under. She, underappreciated for the time, I guess. Um, you, you, it's a great song, and again, it's, it's actually a 1930s song from Billie Holiday, but you'll see that the lyrics are very pertinent. Today, I must have that man, and boy, how that boy can cheat. <laughs> and oh, how he can. Let's go to break now to I Must Have That Man. Caring just where I will head I must have that man I'm like an oven that's crying for heat We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world And that includes you 
visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What does creme de la creme mean? It's the greatness of living, the willingness to be the best. It's living beyond what you know is possible with no limitation. Access Consciousness presents Creme de la Creme, a program that empowers you to choose and create the life you would like to have and entices you into being who you are, not who others would have you be. It's the best of the best. It's the finer things in life. It's brilliant. It's fun. It's exciting. Join us for Creme de la Creme every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking with Serenity Stewart, who had a career as a, a manager of a medical office, but had a voice like an angel, wanted to sing, and always thought that she would someday, but never did. And then because she had a ruptured aneurysm in the brain, and that is no little thing, let me tell you, her life changed. We just heard some of her music. We're going to hear some more of her story. You had a brain aneurysm, which would have scared the living daylights out of most people, but you kind of took it in stride and pretty quick were back on your feet. Um, How did having all of this change you? It, It must have made you do a whole review of where you were in your life and decide what you wanted to do with it. I I mean, you already had what I consider, you know, a severe case of angst of wanting, you know, because you wanted so badly to have a musical career. But what, what made you decide, besides the little things, something had to have switched? Yeah, I think, I think when you have something that is, um, is, you know, some kind of traumatic event, let's say, like that. You go on sort of an inner journey, and you say to yourself, okay, where am I going? Like, what am I going to actually pursue from here on out? If life can be shortened in this way, how many measures have I got left, and what am I going to do with it? So, you know, from having custody battles and being a single mom, I faced a lot of adversity, 
I'm sure that that has always impacted me and allowed me to build some resilience, let's say, because I think your personal growth and your professional growth is really affected by that. And so I was extremely resilient, but I did... I, I did take that year off in between, and I think in that year I looked at myself and said, where is it that I would go if I could go there? Where would my ideal place be? And I think that it came back to the music because the music was such an inspiration to me, and I felt that possibly if in life you inspired one other person, wouldn't that be the greatest thing ever? And possibly with music, I could inspire more than one. So it seemed like possibly. it was kind of... Yeah. Yes, yes. And then I, I kind of go by this antidote that every possibility begins with the courage to imagine it. So I thought, if I'm going to envision it and imagine it, then this is what it's going to look like. And then you take that first little step. And it was it was scary. And I know that you know that because I saw you <laughs> again in <laughs> yes, between. You yes, you did. I Let saw you. Go ahead. And I, I needed help. I needed assistance with taking that first step because it was also, I think, the human side of me allowed me to be somewhat fearful of that change. It was a big change. Uh, and everybody's going to make mistakes, and I knew that if I didn't make any, it wouldn't be that I, I wouldn't be growing. So I expected to do that. And, yes, I have done that, but I've still continued to sort of plod the path and just take great enjoyment in just, gosh, if I inspire one child, one, one, one grown-up, one elderly person who we all know that music excites and opens new neural pathways in the brain and you can go into an old age home and sing something for someone who hasn't spoken in a year and a half and they will know the lyrics to this song. And that sometimes me, sing along. Yes, yes, they will. And so that to me... If that's all I ever did, that would be fine. That would be great with me. Um, so I think the best part about doing what I do is I get to do what I love, but I also don't have any sort of preset ideals or notions about it. It's I have had to adopt a very spiritual outlook, which I've always been very spiritual, but I've had to give it up and say, it will go where it goes, and I will do what I'm supposed to do at this point. I took that big step into the giant pool, and I'm allowing, you know, with some resistance for me here and there, it to move me along. Where it takes me, I will go. And it has moved you quite well. What was your first gig? How did you get it, and what was it like when you were uh, about to go out for the first time and sing? Well, it was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it had to be. Yeah, to say the very least, I thought, God, you know, because you think, oh, God, will they love me? And will they like me? But then you kind of just, I think that that elevates your performance to a degree, too. You have to have a little edginess to you before you walk out. Oh, I agree. If you don't have some, you know, you're not going to be on top of your game. Yeah, your performance will be a little flat. You need that energy just... Boom, boom, boom. And the first performance I did live would have been at Cashmere's um, World Wine Bar, downtown Scottsdale. Ah, okay. And I opened uh, on a Sunday evening for them. I was actually the featured performer that evening. And here's a real fun kick. I had no sound. My microphone was not functioning. So did you belt it out? Yes, the show must go on. I gave gave a couple of the engineers, like, 
dirty looks, I'm sure, but the show must go on. I just walked out into the room and just kept singing because we had to have the show go. And all in all, everybody said, hey, great job, this is not, I thought, thank you, Lord, for my big voice. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, all my life I was shushed. And then I started doing a lot of public speaking, and I'm thinking, I'm so glad I've got such a loud mouth. No, it, it, it helps. When and did it, you decide a- that you, I, I wish people could see you. Please go take a look at her picture on the blog, because you look like one of the, um, the sirens is what I want to call you from the 40s and early 50s. I mean, you dress in a slinky dress and your hair is kind of like they wore that wore during the Second World War. And I mean, you, you are the glamour girl, the pinup like, you know, we used to see. What made you well, decide on that look? Because it really is so great. Because I love old Hollywood glamour. I cannot think of a more fabulous thing than to look like an old Hollywood glamour queen. I think that in today's world, we've lost um, something in translation and everyone wanting to be au naturel and walk around in their pajama pants and their flip-flops. It's like, where are the women who love to put on just a little red lipstick and a little powder and do their hair? And That's just me. That is who I am. I have always been that person. I was very persnickety as a child about everything that I put on, and actually I became a seamstress because I wasn't happy with dresses they gave me. I fixed them myself. (laughs) Well, it's it's lovely. I mean, you are Miss Glamour. When I saw it, I thought, oh, right on. That is so wonderful. (laughs) I'm looking now at your picture on your album cover with the bottle of champagne and all the jewelry. I call that my urban 40s look. (laughs) Yeah, yes. (laughs) It's wonderful. And, And you had a trip to Europe. Didn't you do a tour in Europe? This is still up and coming, and I appreciated, you know, I just, I read through that whole card and thought, oh, that's actually still up and coming, but I'm going to say that. Oh, I I thought it was. Contracted. No, it didn't happen yet. It's just such a big, big, big um, tour to try to complete, and I got contracted with someone from L.A. to do um, original songs for film and commercial work with what they called the Sounds of Serenity because it's a very big thing there right now. And do you want to know what's big? The simplicity of it. The simplicity of the melodies and the lyrics. You can understand the words. You can tap along to the melody. You can actually memorize it. There's no uh, bad language. There's no one getting killed. There's nothing bad (sighs) about men or women or society. It's just who we are as people, how we feel. It's emoting, and that's what they're really looking for. And so we are still working on that. It is yet to come. It will be oh, I thought it, I somehow, somewhere I thought I read that, that you had already done it, but well, what a at, at that lovely point, I think thing to look. It was still in the works at that point, so it's taking this much time, but it's good. It's allowing me plenty of... Um, time to do some writings like I have written an entire album in this last two months since I finished the CD and we are producing and I'm about to release my first single from that album which is called Java Mama which is a very happy upbeat song and that should be on iTunes in about two days Java Mama 
Java Mama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got it. Now, do you remember when you worked across the hall for me, and I was always drinking Java? I was. I do. Clean. I do yes, remember yes. that. You know, yeah. mainly I remember how hard you worked, and you know the long, long hours and the responsibility and your dream of singing. And I'm think, and then when I heard that you were singing. That and the places you were singing in town, and now you're called sort of the top of the jazz chart here. Um, yes, pretty exciting. It is. Your, it is. Your exciting. life has changed, I would say, greatly. What What's the best thing about the new the new life you have besides a new husband? Oh, besides that, yes, um, <laughs> the flexibility and. The obvious choice of doing something you love because it never, ever really feels like work to me. I am always doing creative things that I love. I'm either writing lyrics or sitting at the piano saying, what does this feel like musically to me if I were to put this to a tune? Um, getting a photo shoot, uh, dressing up and putting on my red lips and doing my victory rolls. My goodness. It's just the best thing ever. It's like dress up. And I was going to say, it's like being a little girl and playing dress-up. Absolutely, it is, yeah. How absolutely. do the people, how does your audience respond to the 40s look when you come out? Do, most of them now have probably seen you before and they're back because they want to hear more of you. But, you know, how do they generally respond? Is it like, ah? Oh. Yes, yes, they love it. You know what's funny is everyone appreciates it because they think they appreciate that someone is taking that time and and making the effort to be glamorous. They like it. They love it. Particularly, you know, my my audience is probably predominantly male in the 55 and older age range, but I have to say that there is a resurgence of Lindy Hop in the younger generation between probably 30s to 45-ish, and they know all the songs that I sing. They know them all, and they dance to them, and they love the look, and they like the, the, the vibe of the music. It's interesting. I, I've been watching American Idol, and they come out in their jeans and look really scruffy. And, I, and then I, I see you and how lovely you present yourself. And obviously, the care you went to to do this for your audience, and I'm thinking, what a difference. You know, isn't it? And thank you for saying that, but I think that you, you have one opportunity in that first few seconds to present yourself, so present your best self. I would never, ever be able to show up in jeans and a T-shirt on any show or (laughs) at any venue. And again, you know, it's kind of like it's ingrained in me. That's who I am. But again, too, when I was young, women wore dresses to school. We did not wear pants even on snow days. No, I Uh, remember when we first did. we, 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 We grew up in a different era where presenting best self was extremely important. And I still, when I was an administrator, I used to train people in that. I say, hey, when you're going to show up here, show up as your best self every single day. I don't care if you're wearing scrubs. Make sure they're clean, they're pressed, you look fabulous, your hair is done, your face is appropriate. And you did that as an administrator because I saw you almost every day. And now you you play dress up and present your best self and then you present your very best 
voice. And on that note, we're going to go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Serenity Stewart. We'll be right back with more in a moment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Where can you find wisdom in the little conversations of every moment in a show? One that brings you golden nuggets that you can apply towards your burning desires, life, and success. Tune in to Little Conversations Today with host Dan Deegan. Our program will provide amazing breakthroughs in your life and help bring you closer to your dreams. Set your internal conversation GPS and tune in to Little Conversations Today, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're changing lives through the power of Little Conversations. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Serenity Stewart. We've been talking about her life before and after a brain aneurysm. And, and it's an absolute delight now to hear about her music and her musical career. And yes, you are going to get to hear some more of her music. We're going to close with a piece. Um, so you can be looking forward to that. Serenity, tell us where they can find you on the Internet where are you performing, you know, that somebody near could go see you, and how can they find your album? Okay, well, I am available. My album is available, both of them, on iTunes. I also have a website, which is www.serenitystuart.com. I have a video and some music samplers uploaded to youtube.com forward slash Serenity Stewart Music. I tweet. My Twitter account is at Songs of Serenity. And uh, basically, my upcoming performances, may some may be in Arizona. I've recently met with the Wigwam and also with the Sanctuary. And I believe that the most significant um, performances are probably going to be those overseas ones that we're still working on. I believe that um, I'm a little big for some of the venues in Arizona. Oh, in turn, not, oh, what a lovely thing. 
ter- no, I mean big in terms of sound. That's what I was going to qualify. Oh. Not big in terms of who I am, but in, in terms of sound and, and ability to generate. Um, well, uh, sometimes you're a background music, and I'm not a background. Oh, I'm you're right definitely not a background music. Yes, and I have a treatment and a show that I'm working on for Las Vegas, which would be just fabulous for me, and it's a great short journey back and forth from there, so I am working on that. Um, so we shall see what the future holds. Yes, definitely, I didn't mean big. <laughs> oh, yeah, the- but you know what? I mean big, because, <laughs> because I, th- I think you are certainly on your way. I think there's such a hunger for this kind of music, especially for the crowd that's over 50, and there's a lot of us around. The boomers are the largest segment of the population in America, and so they, they, they do know the music. Most of them get it, understand it, want to hear it, and that's important to a person, an artist like myself, who's performing yeah. that type of music. I yeah. truly don't understand today's music that the young people like. There are a few songs that I get, but I don't understand rap at all. Uh, and a number of other thing, things I, I just I don't get, but your music totally speaks to me. Uh, I have both of her YouTube or two of her YouTube videos on the self improvement blog, so take a look there. You can see those there, or go to YouTube and uh, put in Serenity Stewart. You'll find her, and you'll know her by her bright red hair. What would you change if you had to change something? Is there anything now that you would change about what you've done or the decisions you've made? I don't think so because I think you have to uh, walk through and have all those experiences that you have that get you to where you are today. I don't think I was prepared for anything like this when I was young, which is probably why I pushed it away. Um, but having had to become a very strong and resilient individual helped me to do what I do now because certainly you need that strength and that resiliency to be able to get up there on that stage and just put it all out there. To me, singing was a very personal thing. And it you have to be willing to make mistakes. If a mistake doubles you over, you, can't ha- you have to be able to handle messing up. You do. You do, and I believe me, I've messed up. I had a, a performance last December 9th, and my father-in-law passed away that same morning. Oh. And the show had to go on, and it was very difficult for me to get up there and sing Christmas carols. And I made a few mistakes, and I stood there, and I said, God, give me an answer, give me an answer. And then I sat down with the children who had come to sing in the children's choir, and they sang, and they opened the show. And I looked up, and I said, I got it. I got the answer. All the kids come up here on stage with me, and we made the children a large part of my show, which helped me to move along and move forward and get through all of that. So, And it's always you, okay to say to your audience, I'm a little off stride today because my father-in-law you know, made his transition this morning, and I loved him. You know, when I had to do that, I did do that. And then I also additionally wrote on Facebook, sometimes I'm so impossibly human. <laughs> Oh, no, some days you're so amazingly human. We're wonderful. Humans are 
are are wonderful. What would you tell a young woman who is experiencing that longing that you were feeling when I first met you? What would you tell her? Well, to never let go of your dreams. You know, your dreams, you can they can take a, a break, commercial break, but they're still there. Never let go of them and always be working toward it. You can continue to sort of conceptualize the dream and make little tweaks and changes. Always work towards it and eventually you'll get there. I think that we're all designed to be and to do something spectacular and eventually you will get there regardless of the little trials that are thrown in front of you. Those are hurdles that you are meant to go through and meant to get over which will make you that person that you need to be to meet your actual dream and your goal. And I hate to say it, but we're right up to the end of the show. Tell us about Eris 2 before we play it. Tell us why you chose that song and what it's about. It is too. I sang this because it's about wishing for a yesterday, being in love and wishing for a yesterday, and I think almost every female has been there and certainly males too but I had heard it in the 70s and it just grabbed my heart and it it took me many many um, rehearsals to get through it without crying Um, (laughs) I'm lost in the sorrow I I just I I had to work at that and, and it was just a beautiful love anthem and I thought that I wanted to commit that to one of my albums Next week's guest is Rivi Nishama, who's going to talk about a sacred life, and that's probably not what you think it is. I'm going to say goodbye now to Serenity Stewart so we can hear this lovely piece of music. Serenity, thank you so much for being with us thank today. You. Let's play Eris 2. Como una promesa eres tú, eres tú Como una mañana de verano Como una sonrisa eres tú, eres tú Así, así eres tú I woke up this morning and my mind away looking back sadly from tomorrow as I heard an echo from the past softly say come back come back won't you say
mi esperanza eres tú, eres tú Como lluvia fresca en mis manos Como fuerte brisa eres tú Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.